Welcome back to Climate Champions, a podcast series that forms part of our broader digital series, Turning the Tide. Each episode, we're chatting to people living on small island developing states about the climate change issues affecting their communities and the solutions they've already been putting in place. My name is Naomi Mahara, a producer here at DevEx, and this week we're back in Fiji. As we heard last week from talking to climate activist Koman Narayan, Fiji faces various climate change-related challenges. These include rising sea levels and increasingly severe flooding and cyclones, as well as higher rates of disease as average temperatures rise and disruptions to agriculture due to the intrusion of saltwater on existing farmland. On Fiji's main island, Viti Levu, climate change-related damages total around $52 million per year, That's roughly 4% of Fiji's gross domestic product. Three coastal communities have so far been relocated, with at least 45 expected to be moved in the near future. But it's not all doom and gloom. This week we're continuing the theme of youth climate activism. My co-host Rebecca Root sat down with one Fiji resident who's taking a stand on climate change. By day, Napoleone Drosse is an intern with GIZ Pacific in partnership with the Pacific Islands Forum on a project called Climate Finance Readiness for the Pacific. And by evenings and weekends, he's a volunteer for the WWF Volunteer Programme and was president of the programme last year. While it's too late to mitigate the effects of global warming completely, he's been particularly outspoken about the need for others to volunteer and take action into their own hands. Can you tell me a little bit more about how Fiji has been affected by climate change? You know, Fiji in the world uh, was the first country to have a village be relocated due to rising sea level. Um, That in itself speaks volume about the impact of climate change and why Fiji has always been the forefront of climate action and negotiation in the international arena. And so is this what kind of encouraged you to become involved in climate action? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, through all my experiences and what I've, what I've seen, what climate change has done in the Pacific, it actually motivated me to commit more towards climate uh, change. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first of all, talk to me a little bit about um, like climate resilience finance. What, what is needed in that area? And how important is it? We have projects that are currently in the Pacific. We're focusing on five Pacific island countries. Uh, what we, uh, in terms of finance, we'll look at the, the public finance management systems and uh, find gaps within those um, the systems. And we try and capitalize them in order for them to meet the fiduciary requirements of international institutions in order for them to attain uh, the Green Climate Fund or the Adaptation Fund. That's mainly just the gist of what the, the project is about. Okay, and then after that, you're, you're, you don't feel like you're doing enough, so you volunteer for the Pacific Program as well. Can, what, what do you do? I, and, I love, and... Yeah, I love volunteering. It's my passion to volunteer because I give back to the community and um, because the Volunteers Program is a, it's mainly focused towards conservation work, so it capitalizes on my knowledge and actually use it in a very productive manner. So we've seen uh, problems on um, coral bleaching, and we those are ones we do mangrove planting, 
And um, from then on, the, the committee, the dedicated committee and the volunteers program, they go out and ascertain information on how we can go about um, uh, addressing those issues and sending volunteers out onto those into those areas in, in, in order for the volunteers to be able to endow themselves with the knowledge from those experts who are out in the field by training them and also trying to, you know, just give them manpower in order to address those issues. Like I said, on coral bleaching, they are trained on how to um, rehabilitate the, the coral that have died out. Um, in terms of mangrove planting, they learn the types of um, the mangrove seedlings on how they can plant it. It's mainly training the volunteers and enhancing their knowledge. And the second one is communications. The volunteers, they take part in the social, you know, social media platforms in raising awareness. So which is more of like communicating the work within the volunteers program out to the to the vast majority on what the volunteers program are actually doing. On the third one, we talked about fundraising. The volunteers program is self-funded. So fundraising is, is primarily the only thing that actually moves the program. So we do fundraising activities. I can give you a few, like we do Zoomathon, we have done Walkathon. Um, as long as we get the funds, that's good enough for the program. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the last one, the monitoring and evaluation, that is a key component in the volunteers program um, in which the committee itself monitors the work that the volunteers are doing on the ground. Mm -hmm. And that actually um, gives us a, a, a fair background on what current works are actually working and how are the volunteers coping with the with the programs that we we give them. And in Fiji, are there lots of people like yourself who've been empowered to volunteer and get involved to tackle climate change? As a volunteer, I have observed like large amounts of youth that have engaged with not only the WWF Volunteers Program, but other networks um, of organizations that are geared towards the environment. I think the reason being is that we are facing the full brunt of climate change and being the future generations, it is imperative to act now or either we face catastrophic consequences in the future. Mm -hmm. And how important do you think the role of volunteering is in fighting climate change? It is very important. Um, I always view it this way. Since we are custodians of this planet, we need to look after our environment. Um, it doesn't come at a cost. You have to put yourself out there in order to raise awareness, in order to improve what we have lost. So that's the that's one way I think volunteering uh, you know contributes to uh, climate change. Mm -hmm. And would you have advice for any organisations that are in small island developing states like Fiji that are trying to recruit volunteers? What what do you think they should be doing to appeal to volunteers? mainly the communication side. Um, it's how they communicate their objectives, their, their vision out to the vast majority because uh, the key tool here, and to my understanding, is how you communicate well on what you're trying to convey to people in order, in order to, drag, to grab their attention. However, I would, I would concur with that because 
people are drawn towards these, these organizations because they've seen the full brunt of climate change. So I think that's 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 really like a big uh, like a big deal because people actually actually seeing the the effects of climate change. So yeah, so that would be like a positive note to, to take note on, like for the people's um, um, inspiration to to go towards volunteering work and just to assist our networks mm-hmm. that. Uh, um, that deal with climate change. Mm-hmm. Do you think there are lessons that other organizations can learn from the Pacific Volunteers Program in the way that they have communicated with people to get more volunteers? I've noticed that there are a lot of networks that, uh, that do environmental work. Um, so from my understanding, I, I it's more of like if we'd have to fight climate change, um, a solid collaborative effort of all these environmental-driven networks to join and have a single mission, regardless of varying objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, this is because we can expand on advocacy works, conservation works, and manpower to to maximize the efforts of conservation and the fight against climate change. So that, for me, would be like my only advice to to all networks that are currently available that have the same mission, but varying objectives, like some may have objectives on finance, some may have objectives on, you know, actually doing climate change works. So if we have to collaborate them all together and have them close knit, it would, you know, make the work of climate change activists much easier. Um, and I know you mentioned so fundraising one being one of the big activities that you do, and obviously you also work um, in trying to find financing for for climate resilience as well. Would you say that yeah. that a kind of access to funding is the biggest challenge that you come up against in trying to kind of turn some of this climate talk into climate action? Yes, um, because the standards, the international standards is way up par. And what we found is that um, we have to look within the nation and what um, capacity we have in order to meet that. So it's more of like negotiating and trying to come to to an understanding with those uh, funders in like in, it's more of like a transparency so they they have a fair idea of like the manpower like we don't have that much manpower in the pacific so it's more of like communicating to the um international funders that uh, this is the this is the issues that we are facing so what can we do in order to improve that? So the project that I'm currently working with, we're trying to, we're brought in to find the gaps within the public finance management systems. It can be the accounting system is not up to par. So what we do, we, we try to put, that up, put them up to a certain level in order for them to meet those fiduciary requirements from those international institutions. And would you say, whether it's related to finance or not, that there are lessons that other countries can learn from from Fiji and in the way it's been tackling climate change? I know you said it was the first country that had to relocate a village. Um, so I guess it was kind of one of the first places to really feel the effects of climate change. Yes. Um, you know, other countries, uh, we are all fighting the same battle. And um, Fiji has always put itself out there you know, into raise uh, uh, issues on climate change, and what I what I believe is that it's more of like 
trying to have a collaborative work towards climate change because if we work collaboratively, we can achieve uh, greater outcomes. You know, we have the um, the COP23, all those COP24s. Those are collaborative works of countries who have similar ambitions. So that actually speaks volume that, you know, hey, we have seen the full brunt of climate change and we want to make a change. So that that actually speaks volume, and which is a which is a good effort. And um, I'm just interested to know, and um, with everything that's going on with COVID-19, and obviously there's been, that's meant lots of good things for the environment and less travel, less pollution, etc. Are you seeing any impacts um, in Fiji already with that? It will not change overnight. Um, we we still see um, the, the rising sea level at a stable um, position. So hopefully we might see changes uh, within the following months to come. What I've been always told is climate change is inevitable. So it has caused damage. It will take time for it to go back to its um, to its stable condition or something close to its stable condition. And is there anything else that you think it's important for people to know either about Fiji or about your work in, in terms of climate change? I would just leave it out there is that for, particularly for younger generation, yeah, um, is that I, I always say is that be the generation that revives Mother Nature back. Um, as like I said, this will take time and a lot of effort, but it is all worth it in the end. Um, so I would say just keep doing the positive work that you're doing as it will ripple in its effect. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, what, that's, that's what always keeps me motivated. And I hope it does motivate other uh, like-minded individuals as of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really nice message. I think um, to everyone's aware of climate change, but they rarely kind of think of it in kind of their those terms or as a personal responsibility. So I like that message. A strong message there from Napoleone about the importance of volunteering for climate change action, but also, crucially, the need for collaboration between different organisations working together on this issue in order to focus efforts and be as effective as possible. It was also great that he highlighted the importance of climate finance, which is obviously a hot-button issue in international climate negotiations as well. And we heard last week from Kamal just how important climate finance is to Fiji, with the relocation of one village costing about one million Fijian dollars. That's about half a million US dollars. And obviously, climate finance is a huge factor in uh, determining how well small island developing states can respond to the impacts of climate change and something that we have also been covering in depth through the Turning the Tide series. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can hear about others doing great things to tackle climate change on their small islands by listening back to our other episodes. And they're all available at turningthetide.devx.com, as well as on Spotify and iTunes. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about the Pacific island nation of Palau. Thanks for listening. <laughs>